0: We continue our conversation this week with Mike Condor and John Huber, the founders of Head Cigars. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho, and the Camacho, Connecticut, tame but tuned up to deliver more flavor and more satisfaction. Morning, noon, or night... It's always the perfect time for Camacho, Connecticut. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new San Miguel, a medium-to-full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit Gurkasigars.com. This is the Cigar Dave Podcast with the General. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A long ash snappy salute. Semper delicatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure. Save America, it is your global five-star general, alpha male in chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City of Tampa, and it is my pleasure to welcome from Crown Heads World Headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee, John Huber, Mike Condor, the two founding, uh, founders, I should say, and principals of Crown Heads Cigars, gentlemen, on the first installment of our week-long conversation with you. We talked about the history, the background. We talked about your first offering, the Four Kicks. And before we get into talking about some of the rest of the portfolio, you are about to celebrate your 10th anniversary. And I'm sure you've got some great stories. It's been an interesting ride. I remember the first cigar retailers convention at the IPCPR. You had a very small, very homey very. I just thought it was a very neat booth with a couple of nice chairs. Of course, you had a big chair that was reserved for me, which I sat in. And uh, you've expanded along the way. Every year you keep growing and growing, and that's a testament to the popularity of Crownhead Cigars, and your standing in the cigar industry.
1: I, I will tell you that uh, that booth that you speak of at the uh, tra- original trade show, I think we're still using most of that booth. You are. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, All the guys that uh, our sales guys have to go out early now that John and I are big shots. They have to go out early and uh, put that thing together. And uh, all we hear is just unbelievable complaints that uh, this thing is just held together with like uh, duct tape and bubble gum and popsicle sticks. So uh, we're growing, but uh, we're still staying humble in our roots.
0: Well, and I think you know when you think about it, again, I think that is the unique part of being a artisanal boutique manufacturer and i think that is part of the appeal as well that you know you're not a giant you both have worked for big companies and mike you work for one of the largest in the cigar industry and i'm sure it was a change but you've got a lot more freedom than you did before and you are not in that corporate environment you are now in the entrepreneurial environment
1: yeah and it's a it's a different uh, it's certainly a different mindset it's a different way to go about it but um you know as john said on our call yesterday um are talking about uh, if you if you do it yourself if you if you win and succeed, um, it's on you. And if you fail, it's on you. And so there's something beautiful about that in terms of just uh, getting it done every day. And and uh, you know some people thrive on that. And for us, it's it's worked out really good.
0: And John, I'm sure along the way, you know, from when you started to where you are today, a lot of changes. What what are the biggest probably memories that you can identify with or landmarks over the last 10 years?
2: Wow. I mean, there's a lot, you know. Um, It's interesting because, I mean, going back to the the CAO days, um, you know, it was like one of those cases of be careful what you wish for, you might get it. Because CAO, you're working for somebody else and you're just enjoying the process. You're just having fun, right? And then all of a sudden you get this dream of of having your own gig your own company co-founding your own thing and all of a sudden you're like wow this sounds pretty cool but now you have this pressure and this burden constantly to produce and create and you're not only feeding your family but now you're responsible for you know several your sales guys their families and so it's a whole different kind of a vibe and it can be stressful but it could be uh it could be fun too um, just a lot of good memories, man. Over the last 10 years, just different than CAO's memories for sure. But, um, enjoying the process.
0: Well, let's talk about the next cigar that you launched. I believe, was it Headley Grange?
2: It was. That's why we were, uh, when we were set it up on, uh, Elcott in south of France, Mike and I were sunbathing one day and we came up with this <laughs> idea for, uh, Hedley Grange, Grange. That was our sophomore release.
0: Isn't that? Aren't? Uh, weren't you in Monte Carlo? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was Monte Carlo. I am yeah, you know, all
2: confused. We got a place yes, in Monte I, Carlo, place in south of France, and then of course, or, or uh, I believe, Turin wait a and uh, Tuscany, Florence, Belgium. You know, I, I don't know. I, I've lost track.
0: Well, all if those I'm not places mis- and uh, Hendersonville, Tennessee right yes. but I'm, if I'm not mistaken you move the Crownheads corporate yacht to the Mediterranean for the summer cruising season and you you can moor it wherever you'd it's like a tax,
2: tax implication thing but yes that is necessary that.
0: <laughs> All right so Headley Grange and again I believe if I'm not mistaken there was some sort of there's a story behind that. I don't know if it was a song or there was some sort of story behind it but every one of your cigars that are named there is a unique story behind it.
1: I'm going to listen. John wants to tell you the story, but I'm going to tell it because it's it's, uh, emblazoned in my mind after, you know, John, uh, for those who don't know, has a tendency to be a tad OCD on occasion to the point where in the office when we would play music in the early days, John would play the same song over and over and over. And then sometimes he would focus on uh, 10 or 15 or 20 seconds of a song and put it on a loop and play that over and over and over to the point where everybody else was ready to jump out a window. And uh, that, was the, that was the case as we were developing Headley Grange to the point where um, if you guys know the Led Zeppelin song, uh, When the Levee Breaks, you know, there is a, there is a uh, little drum sequence in the beginning of that big kind of heavy plodding drum sequence. Uh, I must have heard that 14,000 times over the, over the course of a couple months. And wow. John's starting to say things like, "I want to come up with a blend that tastes like this sounds." That 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 day was when you say to yourself, "Hmm, is this the right part?" If I if I got a guy that's destined <laughs> for the loony the loony bin or what? But here's what happens next. We call. He said, "Let's get Ernesto on the phone." For those again that don't know, Ernesto was a <laughs> jazz drummer in his day, a right. somber now. And so John's on the phone. We got him on the speakerphone. John plays the song and said. Uh, Ernie, I want to come up with a, a cigar that tastes like this sounds. And we, you get silence for about three seconds. Then Ernesto says, yeah, I, I know what you're doing. I, I think I got a starting point for us on this. I, 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 listen, that's when I walk out the door, went to lunch, took the rest of the afternoon off and said, I'm not sure this is for me.
0: Wait, a minute, Mike, my, wait, wait. Don't you, Mike, don't you normally walk out midday, go to lunch, <laughs> play golf and take the rest of the day off anyway? Well, yeah, but that's, okay. that's completely different. Oh, boom. Okay, just John. I knew you'd you'd like me throwing that in there. I loved it,
2: bingo. (laughs) Well, you know these are these are the burdens that you're tasked with when you're a creative force.
0: You know, yes, exactly.
2: (laughs) People don't understand you, and that's it's a simple simple thing. So I I knew he wasn't going to understand the concept. I knew Ernie, being a fellow creative, would understand it, and we spoke the language, and that's it. It was just. It was that, you know, it's John Bonham's drums that are recorded in an old house called Headley Grange in Birmingham, New- uh, England. And it was the the echo of this structure supposedly, allegedly what gave the the resonance of these drums being thick and plodding and heavy and dense. I wanted that mouthfeel, I wanted that chewy smoke. And that's the only way I could kind of convey it at that time. Like, Ernie, these sound like this. I want it to taste like, he said, yeah, okay, good. And um, that's, that's where we went with it. That's how we started on the blend exploration. But well, um, that was fun. And, I that's, know it, and if you look at the box of Headley Grange, there's a, an illustration and that house that's in that illustration on the box is Headley Grange. It's a great, mo- so, it was a great movie, a great documentary called um, It Might Get Loud, where Jimmy Page actually takes the viewer through a tour of Headley Grange and said, this is where John Bonham recorded the drums. And you could hear the echo and what gave it that, that feel.
0: Well, I know that you have described the blend as big, bold, and gutsy. So, why don't we talk about the Headley Grange blend?
2: Yeah, man, it's uh, it's you know it's it's a Sumatra wrapper, right? So Ernie's like the Sultan of Sumatra. Nobody does Sumatra like Ernie does. He really has a, his own take on it. So it's Ecuador Sumatra rap, finders Nicaragua, Nicaraguan, fillers um, Nicaraguan. We chose some really classic Cuban sizes, like you know things that people weren't doing at the, at the time. We were doing like this. I'm also number four. Estupendo dobles, Leguito number six. Stuff like that it was classic in its roots, and that's at the time where everybody's doing like these six by sixty and seven by seventy dongers. That are like, those are stogies. Those are not cigars, right? So it was it was a very traditional Cuban esque approach to the craft, and it's like a trunk press cigar. It's got a lot of a lot of character to it. Very distinct flavor. I was very proud of that. In fact. There was a magazine. I can't remember the name of it at the right now, but they gave us one of their top twenty-five little trophies, uh, in I think 2012.
0: And I remember at that, On that launch star. at the at the cigar retailers convention in Orlando, in I think that was either July or August of 2012, and I believe you only had a thousand boxes. If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, and you sold them out. That was it. I mean, oh, you know what? Was- I was
2: so proud of that. I couldn't wait to put that sold out sign. They like, hung the moon because we sold a thousand boxes at a trade show. And now, you know, if we don't sell a thousand boxes, and, 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 and now i will pissed off. So,
0: so Headley Grange, the second brand from Crown Heads in 2012. Camacho cigars are known for their strength and character. It's in their DNA. They're unconventional. Now, you know when you talk about a mild-bodied cigar with a Connecticut wrapper, it's the same story. Light, golden, mild... Yawn. Camacho decided they were going to strip it down and tune it up with more flavor, more satisfaction, enough to earn a seat at the Camacho table. While still maintaining a nice medium-bodied character, the Camacho Connecticut starts with a Connecticut wrapper from Honduras, a binder from Honduras Authenticorojo, and Honduran Dominican Republic filler. What do you get? A nice medium-bodied cigar that is tuned up, that delivers cream, woody nuttiness to round out spice and sweetness. Camacho, Connecticut. Good any time of day or night, morning, noon or night. You can never go wrong. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Mike Condor, John Huber of Crown Heads. We continue our series with them, talking about the history, background, brands of Crown Head cigars, and we left off at Headley Grange. What's interesting to me is that most cigar manufacturers, when they're coming out with a name, it's some sort of Spanish or Cuban root, uh, or has Cuban roots. But you went with a totally different tack. Now, La Imperiosa, which we'll get to, that you went, and Mil, Dia, uh, 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 Mil Diaz, also Spanish, but for many years... It was really a totally different naming convention than the traditional cigar manufacturer or cigar distributor. You went in a totally different direction.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Is that a question or a comment a, or? Well,
0: I, I want you to expound on that because I'm sure you had people that said, "Okay, Four Kicks, yeah. Headley Grange, yeah. J.D. Howard, what the right. hell?" that's not you know that's not cigar
2: setting up the structure and then that you know being holed up in the chateau back in the day we wanted to create something or at least this was my idea my concept that i wanted mike to co-sign was create this entity crown head which is kind of like the band per se and now if if we do that we can create different albums underneath that band so that they all sound the same look the same homogenous or cannibalizing one another for instance you know, you go back to our CAO days, and it was like, it was like CAO, Brasilia, CAO America, CAO Italia, CAO MX Two, CA... So that kind of like, I saw that putting us into a box that we couldn't get out of. That box, everything was branded CAO, which was very effective. But I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to create, add that latitude to create things constantly that don't all have to be, you know, crown heads. This crown heads that crown. As that. so that was that was the approach it was very intentional very deliberate um and just gave us a little bit more creative latitude in the end of the day
0: so you created brands that would stand on their own not necessarily couldn't be perceived as a line extension for example the crown right. heads headley Grange, the crown head it was just an independent brand similar if you would say romeo and julietta monte cristo or uh uh you know uh And you said something
2: very important, which was you wanted to create the brands that have the equity base, is what you, I'm paraphrasing, but, and that was also intentional in that, you know, wanted to build equity in the brand, not the personalities or, you know, we didn't want to put ourselves in in an ad and and be in the middle of a field or we didn't want to be those guys, you know, we wanted brands to be the stars of the company. And that's why, you know, we do a lot of in-store events or appearances. Whatever, all that kind of stuff. You know, to this day, you know, we still have yet to take out an ad in a magazine. We have done this all organically, word of mouth, social media, um, and I'm kind of proud.
0: Well, it's hard to really sell it on personality when only, you know, you, John, have personality out of the two partners. I mean, well, Mike, well said, we're as I, a friend, I, we can tell him he's got no personality. <laughs> he's, he's looking to get a personality transplant. I
1: got the personality. <laughs> oh, to- sit behind the desk and figure out the, where the money goes. How
0: about that? Uh, there you go. Actually, that's not true because Mike for many years was VP of sales and marketing at General Cigars. So you have to have a personality to be out with all the retailers and so but the good thing is because I have a great relationship with both of these great gentlemen, we love to raz each other and and uh You know, make sure we give it to each other on a regular basis. Now, of course, today, being politically correct, that would be considered bullying by the ultra-left's definition. But to us, it's just joking around and really showing a sign of affection. Because I always say that I only tease people that I really like. If I don't tease them, it's like, yeah, forget it. They, They don't really mean anything. So whenever we get together, we always tease each other, and we have a lot of laughs. And really, when you think about it, that's what cigars are all about. It's laughs, camaraderie, enjoying yourselves. And really at the heart of it is a product that you all create and you sell.
1: Uh, you, you put that exactly right. I think um, you think about how many times just us in the business, how many times you go back and think about your life that um, something really interesting uh, connection with a person all came about because you sat down and smoked a cigar with them. I think it's uh, right. It's a uh, it's a it's a truth, and it's not said enough. Really, really, that's the core of what we do every day.
0: Yeah, and what's interesting is the fact that, you know, when you, for example, at the cigar retailers convention, I don't believe you would have the success that you have had if it weren't for the relationships over many years that both of you had established uh, with the retail. And I think many people said, "Look, we don't know if, you know, we haven't smoked the cigar, but we know both of your characters, and we know that." if you stand behind it it's going to be a good cigar and so really i think the business was built not on necessarily your brands but on both of your personalities and your reputations
1: well nice of you, nice of you to say that and i think that's you know listen that's that's part of the benefit of being in the business for for uh <clears throat> 40 years or something like that uh, there's a lot of downsides to getting old but um, you know that's 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 one of the good sides of, um, you know, staying in it for a long time, being a survivor, uh, building those relationships, you're absolutely right. And thank you to all those, thank you to all those people that have supported us. I mean, that's not just consumers, but retailers along the way and, and people in the manufacturing side of the business, you're absolutely right. we as I said, we wanna be humble, stay humble. We, we very much are, if you see our operation, you would, you would think that about us. And um, I think those relationships are at the core of that.
0: Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. Perfect medium to full-bodied balance, loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone, finished with a sweet, honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganorsa Leaf, Nicaraguan Shade Grown Corojo Wrapper, Double Nicaraguan Binder, Nicaraguan Filler. If you're looking for a medium to full-bodied beauty, go no further. Then the new San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkasCigars.com. John Huber, Mike Condor of Head Cigars, our guests on the Cigar Day Show podcast, as we feature talking about crown Heads all week and these two great gentlemen, longtime friends. And we left off, Mike, talking about the relationships both of you have had uh, with the retailers and consumers. Let me ask you, what was the one thing, Mike, working for General Cigar, you work for... Two of the most respected gentlemen who treated their employees uh, like gold, I mean, like platinum uh, Edgar Coleman Sr., Edgar Coleman Jr. Um, they were not only concerned with their employees, but also the consumers and you worked for them for many years. So what what was your takeaway working for them as well as working for a large company? I mean, at the time, I think General was neck and neck with uh, Consolidated Cigar and ultimately renamed Altatis as the uh, largest cigar manufacturer in the world.
1: You know, it's uh, it's interesting. It's a completely different animal than what we are now. It's, it could not be more polar opposite in terms of how we operate and the, the culture and the feel of the company. But I will tell you this. You go back to the commons. Um, and I'll tell you a personal story. I don't know if you know, but somewhere in the middle of that 20 year span, I had a medical issue that, uh, forced me to be out of work or not working for almost a year, 10, 10 11 months. And, um, those guys along the way for that 10 or 11 months, never said to me one time, Hey, listen, you're gonna have to go on some long-term disability and we'll see what we can do when you get back for 11 months, they sent me a paycheck every two weeks like I was working and treated me like I was still working. And when the day came that the doctor said, okay, you can go back to work. Everything is good. They said, well, get, get in your company car and drive here and we're going to have a meeting and we're going to go back to it. And so that tells you a little bit about the people behind even a large corporation. I've said it uh, so many times that, you know, you know, big companies are just a lot of people. and. Sometimes uh, as big as a company can be, it only takes one or two people to drive it in a direction that's either positive or negative. And in my case with those guys, especially with, uh, as you say, the two Edgars, um, they treated me uh, that way, you know, when I was really just a, a young guy coming up. So that tells you a lot about what that environment was about from a personal standpoint. But from a business standpoint, you know, the it's interesting, the numbers are bigger, the factories are bigger, The the how many you have to sell to be a successor bigger but in the end it gets down to you know in our business you know can you make something uh, that people want can you make a cigar that delivers on the quality and the taste uh and the price and all the other things that the concept that people can gravitate to and identify with you know that part of it is really the same and you know we all know companies that are in our business now that are giant companies that do that very well and small companies that do it well and, and some of both sides that maybe you wouldn't grade as high but um, you know i think i think the core values probably are the same because it comes down to people
0: john you work for Cono osgoner tim osgoner for many years cao really became what i call a super boutique they started as a boutique but they really grew they were really a mid-size cigar company and you had a full-time sales force and i think mike isn't that when you joined cao to to bolster up the sales force if i'm not mistaken yep. to oversee yep, that, that? Was it. you started i think as a consultant and then joined as vp of sales correct
1: i stayed actually technically i stayed as a consultant the whole time believe it or not for maybe whatever that was 10 years through the st stg days and everything i they, they might have given me a title somewhere in the end of that i don't know but uh you're right. Um, a mutual friend of all of ours in the business God rest his soul passed away. Joe Silvestro, uh, called me and called John O and said, Hey, you know, you guys know each other. I know from trade shows and we, you know, we knew each other in passing he said, I think you'd be an interesting fit. This is after I left general cigar. You'd be an interesting fit to, uh, to talk to each other. Why don't you go down there and spend some time? And I did. And, and, uh, as you say, that led to a, a really beautiful 10 year relationship. And uh, actually, longer relationship until Johno passed away uh, a few years back. But yeah, uh, that was that was my role there. I was um, more or less was working on sales issues, but uh, as a consultant for a long time.
0: Well, Mike, you know the definition of a consultant, don't you? Yes.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I lo- I, you listen. Hmm? We had them come in and out of the door all the time at General Cigar, so I couldn't wait to be one. When it was my chance?
0: Well, wait a minute. No, no, the definition of a consultant: someone from out of town.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I always thought of the guys that came in with great ideas, and then left before he had to actually implement
0: them. Yeah, exactly right. Before before you realized they were lousy ideas. Bingo. Yeah, All right. And so, John, what did you learn? You you because you were obviously with with Kano uh, and Tim. What was your what what was your big takeaway from working for really a a super you know medium sized cigar manufacturer?
2: Well, it didn't start out that way i mean when i when i started with cao in 96 it was literally it just transitioned from jono's basement to a little shanty of an office in the ghetto basically and in short order we went from that to like global sales and you know it was was a crazy ride but what i really took away from working for jono was just i mean i can count the number of mentors i've had on, on one hand certainly at the top of the list and it wasn't so much learning the business acumen or even learning about cigars but it was learning about just being a spiritual person and and really like he had this idea like you can make anything happen if you believed it you could go for it don't be afraid to fail and that was one of the sayings was make it happen and um that's really what he instilled in all of us and to this day i still believe that and that i i know god puts people in your life for a certain Reason. And I know that's why Dono taught me so much. I want to leave on to like my kids and my legacy. And it was just, it was a very powerful time for me. I had so much fun working for CAO. I really, really did. There wasn't one day where I woke up and said, oh, I got to go to work. It was like, I couldn't wait to get there, man. I, I loved working for Dono. I loved working with everybody we had there. And it was just very, very uh, fortunate to spend those 12
1: years or whatever it was 14 years at Cao. as a matter of fact some of the key people that we worked with there are in our company now to to make that point
0: excellent well i know that tim had a great sense of humor and he was i think a stand-up comedian or a wannabe stand-up comedian and he did impressions of people in the cigar industry that have everybody rolling i mean just on the floor He's – Tim truly, honestly, is
2: like one of those people that can make me laugh until like my sides hurt. He is just so freaking – like his impressionation of like Tony Barani, if you remember him.
0: I do remember. Dead on, man. I mean – Even Rocky. I mean, he did did Rocky. I remember we had Rocky. I did a uh, show from when Rocky opened up um, Burn. Oh, this Mm -hmm. has got to be 10 – 10 or so years ago, we did a special show and Tim called in as Rocky yes. and it was hysterical. I mean, and the, yes. if you shut your eyes, it was dead nuts on it was, and he did Avo. I mean, he did everybody, I mean, he had to be a, a, a cigar insider to get it, but just off the wall, just absolutely. And he had a great sense of humor, told oh. great jokes. You so know, I can in imagine. retrospect,
2: I think Tim's forte was just, he was such a great, still is such a great people person, you know, right. totally. Um, creative very creative person but also a great people I'm still waiting for him to run for like office for like mayor of Nashville you know I mean he's just he's still that guy and um, he's
0: popular but listen we've got enough goods on Tim we could really spill the beans
2: (laughs) (laughs) very good memories all good memories
0: absolutely all right here's what we want to do is tomorrow when we're going to wrap this up i want to talk about i want to get into the jd howard because there's another unique story i want to get into the february officers club selection the jericho hill the la coalición the mil Díaz. and tomorrow i think i'm going to smoke the mil dias for the weekly and international cigar lightation ceremony so we will tomorrow Wrap it up and spend some more time with John Huber, Mike Condor of Crownhead Cigars, Cigar Dave, the general saying Mayor Humidor always be full, Mayor Cutter always be sharp, Mayor Ashby extra, extra long, Semper Delictatio always pleasure, long live the Alpha, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, save America, live it up.